Hello everybody, this is Ken Krogh and Tom Harrison. Today we're with Hannah LeBaron from Maple Mountain Recovery and we are so excited to have you with us. You've got some, we've already been sharing some of the neat stories of your personal background, but let's talk to you a little bit more about your, uh, the system that you use at Mount, uh, Maple Mountain Recovery. Tell us a little bit about the facility, what it's like and some of the things that you learn as you work there. So, um, long story short, uh, I've been in um, substance abuse treatment uh, field uh, for actually 19 years. Okay. Um, and just learning from there and, and, and now 2019, um, things have changed a lot. And what we've really focused on and realized is that the substance use is, is a, a maladaptive coping skill, which means that at some point it worked, it helped, uh, maybe it relaxed the person, uh, but it became a problem. However, so addiction is a problem, but there's something more too. Most of our clients has what we call dual diagnosis. So, and also we call it the underlying issue. Okay. So what we're really focused on is that underlying issues. And yes, learning new coping skills. So the addiction is more of a coping mechanism to deal with sometimes an underlying problem that's a little bit deeper, is that what I'm hearing? Right, so addiction uh, is not the coping mechanism, but the using the was. The substance, yeah, okay. And, and it became a problem, the brain changed and got addicted. I see, okay. So is that primarily the focus at Maple Mountain is, is addiction recovery? So what we're good at is addiction recovery. However, um, when, when a person who has uh, these underlying issues, a lot of times it's trauma, uh, it's mental health issues, it's, um, it's a long uh, history of, of experiences that were negative. I see. And, and it, it, it compounded. And now using substances for relief becomes another issue. So. It's, it's complicated because we're not only working on mental health, we're not only working on addiction, we're working on both. So we are experts in both of those arenas, especially addiction and trauma. But we also treat clients that aren't addicted or are addicted to behaviors such as um, uh, self-harm, uh, suicidal ideation or, or all kinds of behaviors gotcha. that have become problematic. So the trauma can be physical or it can be emotional. Do you deal with other types of trauma like brain trauma or, um, or ritual abuse or things of that nature? So the way we look at trauma, it's all brain trauma mm -hmm. or it's all emotional trauma, it's mm -hmm. all physical trauma. Uh, we look at it as, as your brain has changed What's becoming um, more apparent is that um, we can't determine what is severe trauma or little trauma. Um, it depends uh, how it affected you and whether you have been able to reprocess your trauma in a healthy, supportive way. And we have clients that um, struggle with, with the word trauma, but know that something's wrong, 
um, their childhood was problematic. They were, they never felt safe emotionally or physically, and and this might be even more severe. Even though I don't want to uh, minimize any trauma, mm-hmm. um, and and so recognizing that, I want to also educate people that that constant. Uh, living in, a, in an environment that's hostile or being bullied at school for years or having parents that are emotionally not able to connect with you, that is what we look at as developmental trauma, complex trauma, and that can really cause havoc, cause a lot of problems in adulthood. Mm-hmm. So you treat adults, both men and women? Do you also yes. treat adolescents or children? So we don't. Um, We refer anybody who calls us, we want to help. And if we're not able to, because for example, we don't treat children, Mm -hmm. we would refer them to somebody that we would feel comfortable uh, treating our children. Uh, We Mm -hmm. focus on adults. And it sounds like it's an inpatient facility where they come and they live and they stay there and they receive the treatment that's available. Is that correct? That's correct. So our focus right now is residential. So the way it differs from what we call inpatient is that we're actually working on the problem therapeutically and behaviorally. Um, We are helping clients multiple ways uh, to change their lives so they can go back home and and be happy. So we're not just stabilizing, which inpatient is more stabilizing. Mm-hmm. Usually in a hospital of seven days, right. they give mm-hmm. you meds and out. Right. What we're really focusing on is the quality of, of, of our clients' lives and, and from multiple perspectives, mm-hmm. uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking at all of those aspects and strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, and we have case managers, therapists, mm-hmm. peer support, all that, so that we can really um, individualize treatment based on uh, your specific need. Okay. So you have an identified patient who comes in mm-hmm. and is treated in a, in a facility, a residential facility. Which this is it right oh. here, right? Do you also work with the families and the Absolutely. spouses? And Absolutely. Okay. This is so important. Um, we're not separate from our environments. Mm-hmm. Our families, our um, uh, uh, significant others, children, co-workers, friends, they're an important part of our recovery and our journey of healing. Um, so from the first day on, we include family members, as long as the client is okay with that, and they usually decide who to start with and who to add. We have a family program, we have a family advocate, uh, we try to find resources for our families, and really look at the family's point of view, and a lot of times they have suffered greatly from stress, even mental health uh, issues, substance abuse themselves. We want to heal the whole family. Uh, because with our client who has got this amazing opportunity to stay with us for 60 days or 45 days and is all motivated and excited for their journey of healing 
and they're doing well and they go back to an environment that's not necessarily supportive, not because they don't want to be supportive, but they just don't know how to be supportive. Um, that's not ideal. That's not a good plan for our client. So we try to change the environment too, where they're going back to be healthier, to be happier for all, everybody involved. Where do your clients typically come from? All over the United over. States. Okay. 50% uh, at this time um, come from Utah, okay. but 50% outside and, and more all the time. We're getting more referrals from outside the state. What are typically the primary challenges that happen? What kind of addictions are they usually recovering from? Is it all over? Or are they seeing some trends where it seems to be more of this now? Or you see what I'm trying to ask? Absolutely. Um, I love that question because uh, throughout years, I've seen trends. Ah. Um, so what happened? And you've been at it how long? 19 years. Okay, so you've seen. Right. And I started as, a, as the support staff. Okay. I was, you know, doing all the little things, driving the clients back and forth, and then I was case manager, therapist, and now clinic director. Yeah. But what I'm seeing is uh, the clientele is changing. First of all, they are savvy consumers. They know what they need and what they want. Ah. Um, and they are, uh, so they're well-educated. Um, as far as what they should be expecting um, from treatment. So that's something different. And I like that because I want my client to know uh, what they can expect and get good treatment. Gotcha. Um, and they deserve it. Um, what we're seeing is more mental health issues. Okay. Uh, we're seeing like what kind? We're seeing eating disorders. Okay. We're seeing a lot of suicidality, oh, wow. depression, anxiety. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, complex uh, trauma, and that's something that there's a little bit of. Um, yeah, describe that. So, as we know, um, it's a political issue as far as uh, adding another diagnosis. I see. Because of. A financing. So multiple diagnosis issues. combined? What we're seeing is people uh, with, with this sort of trauma that have, have endured <coughs> um, hostile environment, difficult environment for years and years, even as, as, as they were born into these environments. Um, so like sexual abuse or physical abuse? Or? Yeah, any. Okay. Any or all. Okay. Uh, and it can it can be it can be just emotional. Which uh -huh. I shouldn't say just. Mm -hmm. Emotional abuse is very devastating. Mm -hmm. um, what we're seeing is uh, what I like to call strategies. Um, I call them strategies because these people are not mentally ill; they're trauma survivors. I and see. and we 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 look at survivor and and we give kudos for them. But a person who is a survivor is not living fully. They don't want to be a survivor. They might not know it yet, but they want to thrive in their life. Uh, they don't want to be affected by their trauma anymore. So we're seeing people that 
try to get help. They're so brave. They are, they, they are amazing. They try to get help, but people don't understand. Even, even our field, uh, professionals don't always understand. And they keep giving them diagnosis after diagnosis after diagnosis and, and medication after medication after medication. When they come to us, they think they're absolutely crazy and they need all these medications to function even a little bit. And what we're really seeing is what we call developmental or complex trauma, is years worth of just hard living, just, mm -hmm. just trying to survive. And that affects, like you were wondering, is it, is it physical trauma? Is it me emotional, mental trauma? We believe that it is both because when you're in a survival situation for years or months, um, your brain has to adjust to that. Yes. And now you're trying to live a normal, hate that word normal, but normal life with that brain that's adjusted to very chaotic atmosphere or, or an environment, you are going to have problems. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier before the episode began, um, Hannah, that, uh, you know, Eternal Core is all about a community of people that their common foundation is faith, uh, God-based. And uh, Maple Mountain um, is not, you know, focused on one religion or another, but, but, but you guys are open to, you mentioned about half your people come from Utah. Mm -hmm. Utah's a fairly strong faith-based mm -hmm. community. And, but I know, I know you're a person of great faith personally, but it's challenging sometimes for the organization to deal with, with making sure that they handle um, a person's perceptions of God and faith appropriately. Can you maybe talk to that a little bit? You know, when someone comes to you and says, I don't want anything to do with God, or I, I want to make sure I, I keep God in my, in my treatment process, how do you adjust to that? That's a good question. Um, I think I, at one point I told you that we look at people, you may call it holistically or from, from multiple aspects. So we want to look at a person's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social health, all yes. of it. Yes. Um, because we do believe that it is important that a person has a, a, a meaning or, or passion uh, and, and I'd like to call that spirituality. Okay. And um, so sometimes we look at um, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I, I, I'd like to challenge that a little bit because we can look from, from the history of humankind how spirituality has been an aspect of human life that has helped people through many difficult physical, emotional, mental challenges. Yes. So we can And it's not noted yes. specifically in its hierarchy, is it? it it's not. Yeah. It's like the last need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we recognize this and and we look at those equal and and we want to immediately ask our client, what is your spiritual life like? Uh, what do you believe in? What is your higher power? Or where do you get strength? 
do you meditate? Do you pray? And clients get to decide that for themselves. What, what percentage of people say, yes, I do? This is something that's important versus I don't go there. Just roughly from your experience. Most people have one. Okay. And uh, there's always one that says they are a an atheist. Uh -huh. And then we look at philosophies. Okay. Uh, or they can um, just focus on their inner peace or, or gratitude. But uh, most people that come to us, they already have an existing spiritual life. I see. Or they have desire for it, or they have had it, but lost mm. it. Gotcha. My experience with complex trauma is sometimes how the religion was portrayed to them, mm -hmm. or how it was shoved down their throats, mm -hmm. or how it was intertwined as part of the, the trauma they went through. Absolutely. So often, in my experience, you have to help them see that there is a negative side and there's a positive side, and we don't have to throw it all out with the bathwater. You know, we can say, okay, yes, this, this happened to you, and it really reinforces the trauma on this side. But there is this side that maybe you've not looked at yeah. that could maybe enhance your healing. So, you know, it's not that you just toss it out because it was used totally inappropriately, but you help them be able to work through that process. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that is very common um, that... And I look at it as fear-based parenting or fear-based community mm -hmm. uh, where religion became culture and uh, parents were fearful. If you don't do this or this and this, then bad things may happen. It's almost superstitious. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of our clients have suffered from it. But they still have that desire mm -hmm for spirituality and they will have to uh like you said um look at it and what what part of it is is spirituality and what part of it is culture or what part of it was just my parents um struggling with parenting mm. or being fearful and we do look at those aspects and then sometimes our clients just they, they, they want to get rid of all religions and everything just so that they can take a little break and they can start looking, what is it for them? What's important for yeah. them? And what do they believe in? Um, and that's a wonderful process to watch yeah. right. when they find their own spirituality. Right. It's beautiful. Right. So let's say I have a, a, a sister um, who's having some challenges and... Um, we, ha we reach out as a family, perhaps, and contact you. What, what does the process look for, like from that first contact to, you know, maybe how long do they stay? What's mm -hmm. typically the experience someone would have at a treatment center like Maple Mountain? So what we try to do is make it as smooth as possible and okay. quick. Uh -huh. Because what we call in the, we, st we have a saying in this field, there is no tomorrow. What it means is when a person is ready 
to start journey of healing. Well, you better do it now. Yes, because okay. it may not, that person might not be feeling the same way mm. tomorrow. Mm. Okay. So what we try to do is as, as quickly as possible uh, determine criteria uh, if our program is appropriate for you and if it is then it's a quick process of, of deciding when and how. I see. And we try to do that quickly as well. Okay. And involve, Can they come in yeah. any time? Mm -hmm. Like in any day of the week? Or? Yes. Okay. And that's something that we pride ourselves in is because um, just, just recently I, I needed my friend. Um, I, I was helping my friend to, to go to residential treatment center, such as Maple Month Recovery. Okay. It was hard. Uh -huh. A lot of hoops yes, to jump through. Yes, hoops and, and waiting, and uh. and I struggled with it. And I I told the owner of Maple Onto Recovery, thank you for making it so smooth and trusting us to get clients in quickly, because it was very frustrating and it was very scary to wait and wait and wait. So let's say they're there. What's it like the first day they get there? Walk us through sort of that experience. A lot of families probably want to know mm -hmm. what it's like. Uh, the first day? Yeah, like or? the first day and then how long are they there typically? So uh, first day is always scary, uh -huh. yeah, of I'll course, bet. and intimidating. Uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, help the clients feel safe. Okay. Our place, even though it's it a big It looks like house, a beautiful, very large home. It is a large home, but we don't have a very big group. Okay. Uh, it's a very homey, family-like environment. Uh, we determine pretty quickly um, how we can help the client. Um, we have different modules that they will follow depending on the need and, and what they want to work on. Uh, we have um, uh, machines and gadgets and things like that that help clients learn to relax. That's probably the first week that what happens is that we just assess <laughs> you, find out the best possible way of, of helping you, and then try to find ways for you to relax. Okay. Because if you're stressed out, it's hard for you to change the brain. Learning process, and that's what we're trying to do is is, is kickstart the learning process in your brain because we want brain change. Yes. So that's as, as the same as learning. However, if you are scared, stressed out, there's not very much learning happening. So we try to offer ways for, for our clients really the first week to just to relax. Gotcha. And, and determine the, the course, uh, what we're going to do. And after that, they work hard. Our program isn't militant. It's not rule-based. Um, what we're looking is internal locus of control. Ex external locus, locus of control would be a lot of rules and this is how we do things, which actually is easier. <laughs> but if you are in a, a, a program like that, it is harder to move on and internalize your own program. Because yeah, when you leave, the structure stays where you were, and then you got to do it on your own. Absolutely. So what we're trying to do is really 
to embark, to start that, that personal journey of recovery. And it can look different from all of our clients. Yet that, that spirit of recovery unites everybody and there's a lot of support. Clients are very supportive to each other, very loving, very understanding. And the staff is there to serve and help and assist and offer all the resources that we have. That's and great. they work hard. You know, when you come there and it's not militant, there's no punitive things, there's no yelling or, or judging or punishing. Some people say, well, this is easy. Right? I can just come and relax and have a retreat. And soon enough, they realize that's not the case. It's harder when you have to really do the work and be in charge and really go deep down and start working on that trauma and the real issues. Gotcha. It, it is hard. Well, that's great. Yes. Well, I, I love, I love the, the paradigm that, that you're using now. You, we were chatting again before we, we started the episode today, and you told me some of your personal stories. And, and if it's okay, we're about out of time on this episode, but would you mind coming back? And, and, and we'd like to get some of your own core story as well and some of your personal journey that you've been through. Would that be all right? I would love to. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Tom Harrison and Ken Krogh here at Eternal Core. We've been meeting with our new friend, Hannah. We're excited. She's representing Maple Mountain Recovery, which will be one of our sponsors at the show. Again, we're asking everybody to be involved, and this has been a really nice overview of, I think, a beautiful approach to healing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.